Chelsea, winners of the FIFA Club World Cup in the United Arab Emirates. Christian Pulisic is champion of the world. The Club World Cup, that is. And coming up, we'll look back on yet another historic performance for the trophy-stashing young American at Chelsea. Speaking of blue, Cruz Azul may be close to the top of the Mexican table, but we ask if yet another classic collapse is on the horizon after a dramatic week for the club. Meanwhile, here on the show, it's a historic week as Carlos Vela and Javier Chicharito Hernandez are going to join us to celebrate, can you believe it, episode 100 of Football Americas. Christian Pulisic with a gritty, all right, what a way to start Football Americas edition number 100 coming to you live. From the nation's capital, I am Sebastian Salazar, alongside my good friend Hercules Gomez, who is live from the home of not just the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl champs. You were actually champs. at the big game last World night. World champs. Well, technically. You know what I mean. Yes. You know yes. Uh, so your Super Bowl assignment then will be your second biggest assignment, clearly, of the last 24 hours yes. here at ESPN, because you are no, thrilled to be involved in episode 100 here of Football Americas. We've got a very special show coming up for you. Uh, of course, as you saw there, Carlos Vela and Chicharito are going to be on the show and going to be on the show together, Herc. I think that's the real coup pulled off by our production team here. We got an update on the U.S. Women's National Team, a roster adjustment with the She Believes Cup coming up, plus a weekend recap of all that happened down in Liga MX. But Herc, I think it's fitting that we start our 100th show with none other than Christian Pulisic, a man who gets a lot of airtime here on Football Americas. Christian Pulisic, who is now a FIFA Club World Cup champion. That's right. Uh, Chelsea beating Palmeiras 2-1 in extra time in Saturday's final in Abu Dhabi. Pulisic, the first American to win the trophy. Christian Pulisic did not start this match, Herc, but he did enter in the 31st minute after Mason Mount came off injured. Uh, before we get into what it means for both Pulisic and maybe the U.S. men's national team, what you make of his performance in the game? I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. He was probably the most uh, active offensive player for Chelsea. Lukaku got the goal, but Christian was involved in absolutely everything, even the set pieces. Uh, you know, he was growing in confidence as the game went on, and oftentimes in a game like this, when you come on minute 31st, 31st minutes, excuse me, you don't have time to think about it. You just kind of react, and I think that's when he's at his best. Yeah, it's not the ideal circumstance to come onto a game, certainly when the last time uh, that you played was in that frigid game in Honduras. I think he's what he always is with Chelsea, Herc, which is dangerous, especially in that first half. He gave Palmeiras some trouble. Um, and versatile, because we saw late in the game, we saw him go to that wing-back role, and he could play that. Uh, one thing to note, that Mason Mount injury, he went off in crutches. It could be serious. Could open some doors uh, for Christian Pulisic down the road. But let's approach this from a big-picture perspective. Christian Pulisic is now a FIFA Club World Cup champion. Does it mean something, nothing, or everything for the young American star? Everything. I was not going to mean everything for him. Listen, as a player, what you do is you try to play to win trophies. Christian Pulisic amidst all this adversity, if you will, over the last 12 months with injuries, with a change in position, to right wing back, to all of a sudden a false nine, to him not playing well in the octagonal with the United States men's national team, World Cup qualifying, amidst everything, hmm. he added another trophy to his resume. And not just any trophy, a club World Cup, a final, a, a world final, if you will. Christian Pulisic is a winner. And if anything, this proves 
that winning mentality. It'd be very easy for a player to come on at 31st minute and just say, I didn't warm up properly. I wasn't even ready to come in and play. It could have been very easy to pack it in, phone it in, mail it in, whatever you want. It wasn't the case. He was actually, I thought, the best offensive player that they had on the day. You said dangerous. I echo that. He's just dangerous, but he needs to feel it. Oftentimes, he overthinks it, and I think him coming on at that minute allowed him just to feel it. I don't think it's everything because I don't think this is as big as like a Champions League final. To me, that was the everything moment to him. Nope, of course, of course. you got to win your Champions League to get to this tournament. I don't, I'm not agreeing with the Craig Burleys of the world that call this a plastic cup, right? I think that's a very European perspective. If you go pretty much anywhere else in the world, well, they'll tell you just how important the FIFA Club World Cup is. Especially because he was using it to City's benefit, and City would kill to be that tournament. Right. Um, I think this is something for a couple reasons. One, this was an emergency situation, right? Like, no coach, if you're Thomas Tuchel, do you in the first half hour of a game, Herc, do you want to be faced with a, a need to make a change? Right. So in an emergency, the first guy that he turned to, the first guy off the bench was Christian Pulisic. And I think Pulisic answered the call and answered the call really, really well. So we talk all the time about Pulisic and Tuchel's relationship. I don't know if you saw the image after the game, but there's a pretty intense hug between the two of them. And I wonder if as we look for Pulisic to maybe get more of the faith from the manager, a performance like this might go quite a ways there. It is something for, like, U.S. <laughs> soccer, right? Big picture. We have to say that. It's, it's some type of watershed moment, even if it isn't maybe him starting in the Champions League final. I guess my question here is, if he's going to be the guy in these games, right, we really want to see him not just play in these games but maybe start in these games, dominate these games. We didn't see that in this game. We didn't see it in the, in the Champions League final. Do you still think Christian Pulisic is – is maybe the top of the list of the American player to eventually break through to that level, to really make this everything. You know, I still you've feel... Said it, you've said in the past that, like, a guy like Gio Reyna is, like, higher that. ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know, I feel that Gio Reyna has the highest ceiling of any player, but the, I mean, the moment right now... He's Pulisic's much closer, right? He, he's not only is he much closer, I mean, he's 23 years old. He's still got so much more time ahead of him, bearing injury. But if you want to go through the last 12 months, if the direction will put up that... Crazy, just this. The last 12 months, he's won the U.S. Men's National Team Player of the Year, a Champions League, mm. the the UEFA, the Super Cup. He's also won the the Nations League uh, against Mexico, and he scored against Mexico in the World Cup qualifying qualifications. It's just an outrageous, outrageous 12 months, and this is a player that's not really, you would say, in those 12 months, scratch the surface. Mm. I mean. That quarterfinal we, we call and it a bad 12 months, wouldn't we? I mean, like, the, the narrative around Christian Pulisic is that he's had this bad 12 months, That's but you look thing, at the trophy Seth. hall, and it's, it's historic, not just for an American player, for any player, right? For any player. I don't care what country you're from. That is a good 12 months. <laughs> Jorginho with those 12 months is voted Ballon d'Or, like, nominee. You know what I mean? So take that into consideration about how we hold the standard of what is Christian Pulisic right now. Christian Pulisic, look, you can see right there, it's very impressive for a 23-year-old, and I agree with what you're saying. We expect that because in those 12 months, what we've seen is, wait a second, quarterfinal against Porto. He was the best player on the field. Mm. Semifinal against Real Madrid, the first leg. He scored the goal against Real Madrid, then an assist. You're just like, this player shows you flashes that he could be amongst the world's best, but they are flashes. And that's what gets people triggered. They want to see Christian Pulisic all the time do this. Yeah, and maybe maybe in the final they also want to see him take advantage of the opportunities. Because in this game, to the point of something, nothing, everything, there was two chances in the second half, one in extra time. If he finishes one of those, this is indeed then an everything moment, an everything 
performance. Herc, I don't know, uh, speaking of Christian Pulisic, we saw a great article on our website from our colleague uh, James Ali last week. It was over on ESPN.com, an exclusive interview with Pulisic, where Pulisic kind of candidly details some of his difficulties in dealing with the pressure that comes with labels like Captain America and Face of American Soccer, things you've probably heard here on, on Football Americas. I want to pick out two specific quotes from Christian Pulisic and, and then we'll get your reaction to him. Here's the first one. Especially going back to the U.S., sometimes I put too much pressure on myself that I need to do something special where I just need to play the best I can, do what I can do, and hopefully people recognize that. Again, that's Christian Pulisic exclusive with James Ali. You can read the whole article on ESPN.com. Here's more. For example, in the last national team games, the first couple I'm going into it thinking I need to overperform and do something to save the team. But there's no need for that because we have a very strong team. He continued, I think at times I was overthinking it and trying to be too good in a way that's not necessary. I don't need to, whatever, overcomplicate things. Okay, Herc, so is American soccer, and I guess that includes us, are we putting too much pressure on young Christian Pulisic? No. No. No, absolutely not. It's laughable, the, the type of pressure that one would get in the United States compared to a England, a Brazil. Uh, I'd actually disagree with that, Herc. I disagree with that. Well, well, because well, let in me those finish, other... and then you can disagree with it. But, but in those other countries, you have a million other players to share the spotlight with. Pulisic no, doesn't no, have no, that No, no, Messi here. doesn't There's have a million a, other players here. to share the spotlight with. Cristiano doesn't have a million other players to share the spotlight with. <laughs> right, in name England... Cristiano and Messi, right? Well, okay. well that's what that, but you're, you're, you're asking if he's got too much pressure. There is no footballer in this country that has too much pressure. Mm. Now, now, what I will concede is, he puts too much pressure on himself. Nobody's asking him to beat five players at a time. Nobody's asking him to take on the responsibility of qualifying a nation. Nobody's asking him to score every single— We are asking single... him to be the face of American Hold soccer. On. We are asking Sebi, him to be the guy in the big finish. games. Nobody's asking him to do all that. I understand that. This is pressure that he's imposing on himself. Now, maybe he feels the pressure because there's a $75 million transfer fee as a 20-year-old from Dortmund— to Chelsea. Maybe he feels the pressure because there's multi-million dollar contracts that were Nike and now Puma. And other endorsements. There could be other outside factors for you to have pressure on that you feel you need to perform to keep gaining those lucrative contracts. That is one thing. But on the field, I'm sure Greg Berhalter is not telling him, you have to do this. You have to be that. He's just saying, help us win. Be yeah. you and help us win. This is Christian Pulisic not only finding himself as a footballer, but as a person. I remember what I was, what I was like when I was 23 years old. I didn't yeah, have all the answers. 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have all the answers. I also remember this. I also remember being 23 years old mm. and at the Galaxy, and my teammate at the Galaxy was Landon Donovan. Mm. I remember being at the national team, and my te teammate was Landon Donovan. I remember the similarities of this guy has all the pressure himself and post-pressure of U.S. soccer. Because we've never had that superstar. Christian Pulisic is the closest thing. But by no means is his face in the on the cover of every magazine or you click a channel and it's on the, every screen you see. There are certain types of pressure. This ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got pressure. I actually think it's healthy that he sees that he's the one putting that pressure on. He's got the adequate amount of pressure for all that's expected of him. He did have a $73 million transfer to Chelsea. Uh, he is sponsored by basically every big brand in American sports. So um, all those expectations come with that. I think it's good, though, that a player at that age of 23 can see, hey, I'm the one putting a lot of this pressure on. And it's that kind of self-inflicted pressure, Herc, that I think is what's dangerous. You probably, as a professional, can speak more to that. I think it's also good that we see guys like 
Weston, McKinney, and other players getting into these elite levels, yeah. getting into those big games, so because that also is going to take yes. it's going to take some of the pressure um, off Christian Pulisic. And as he said, he's got a great team around him. All right, in case you missed it, from the FIFA Club World Cup final, oh, you're going to love this, Hurt. You're going <laughs> to love this. This is some gamesmanship extraordinaire. Cesar Aspilicueta, right? We're in extra time. Chelsea's going to get a shot at a game-winning penalty. Oh, there's our boy Atuesta. Remember him from LAFC. <laughs> okay, so everyone's going to, they're just going to swarm Aspilicueta, who's, he's a captain. He's got the ball. He's taking it. He's taking all the pressure, except he's not taking the PK, right? Mind games here. Oh, beautiful. Go ahead, Kai Havertz. Nobody was swarming Kai Havertz. You know, this happened to me one time, and I missed the penalty because I was in <laughs> Aspilicueta. The only penalty I've ever missed as a professional against Chiefs. I come on at halftime, we're down 2-0, score a goal. Last minute of the game, this happens. I feel confident enough to take it. Oh, man, five minutes later, I'm still being swarmed. Take it, I miss. So this isn't a bad <laughs> tactic at all. Chelsea then with their uh, first Club World Cup title. Let's run it back. Brendan Aronson with his second league goal of the season in a 2-1 comeback win for Red Bull Salzburg over Rapid Vienna. Hurt. Uh, say it. What's his nickname? Mr. R.I.B. No, Medford Messi. <laughs> no, Medford Messi. No, no, no. But by the way, that's two and two. That's the second game in a row where it's a goal or an assist, and he mm -hmm. is Mr. Run It Back. He is Mr. Football Americas. Uh, listen, I've got a, I don't want to say blind spot, but I got a soft spot for this mm -hmm. kid. And man, oh man, do I think uh, he's going to be good for the national team. If he makes it three in a row, it'll be against Bayern Munich on Wednesday in the Champions League. Weston McKinney, skill check here. And Juventus is 1-1 draw against Atalanta. Oh, put that away. Go ahead, son. <laughs> he is feeling himself. And the Meg. Weston McKinney, ladies and gentlemen, since Sebastian Salazar called him out, is feeling himself. Started, played 81 minutes. Juve right now, fourth. Cole Bassett of Feyenoord's under-21s. Hey, what What happened? I thought I thought no under-21s, under-19s were allowed here. I remember this the next time we don't get Marcelo Flores in, huh? I think Marcelo Flores opened the gate, but I agree with you. Must be a slow week, huh? We're doing <laughs> U21. This, By the way, I, I'm angry we have a U21 highlight on here because the bar for the U.S. Men's National Team pool is a little higher than that. But all right, if Flores can do it, I guess Bassett can do it too. To the Scottish Cup. Christian Ramirez for Aberdeen. He's heating up, huh? Oh, the Gol Olimpico! He took that to him! He told him about the Gol Olimpico with Oribelin Pineda against... Oribelin Pineda. Oribe Peralta versus Brazil. Uh, Ramirez, by the way, was part of the national team set up I mean, with this Dave is Sarikin. a poor man's version of that, but okay, I'll allow it. Well, you'll allow it. Thanks, Seb. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's not too late. He's 30 years old, and what you need in the World Cup year is a hot hand. Take it from me. 15 goals and 34 across all competitions. Ian Hart's here with a half volleyed in the mud for Dundee United. Man, we got to get Burley or Stevie Nichol or somebody on here to tell us about the Scottish Premier League and, and what that level's like because there are a, a good amount of MLS, U.S. Men's National Team, yep. I guess, American players going. And I, I want to know what this level's like. Well, the level of this field was not very good, no. but uh, Ian caught that clean. The former DC United Academy product with the goal there. And how about this? Jordan Pifak. He's back at it again. A goal and an assist in Young Boys. 3-1 win over Basel on Sunday, Herc, in the Swiss Super League. Oh, good number nine. Back to goal play. Sweet little layoff. Good finish. But you got to get your goal. That's what, he, that's what he wants to do. He's a poacher. Get your goal. His 19th goal, Herc, across all competitions. His third assist of the season. 
as Jordan Pifak continues to roll. He's now got 14 goals, Herc, in league play. That ties him for number one in Switzerland's top flight golden boot race. All right, so where are we now? We're about a month out from the next call-up. Who do you think is in the driver's seat to get that start in Mexico at the number nine position? Who do I think is in the driver's seat, Sebastian Salazar? Ricardo Pepe. It's really? Ricardo. Yeah, because one, he's in the pool right now. He's in the call-up. Uh, What's up with Jordan Pifak? Did you not? Did we not just do a segment? Did you not just see the goals? Do you know who the U.S. Men's National Team coach is? Jordan Pifak yes. is a very good forward. He's 25 years old, and I'm sure there's a bigger signing ahead in his future, mm -hmm. bigger club. Ricardo Pepe. Ricardo Pepe goes from FC Dallas. He looks to Greg Berhalter for guidance. For input, what club should I go to? Oh, Pretty they much, had a conversation. Are you going to over? I mean, he we was here. That? He was here, and he said Greg thinks it's a great idea. It's a place where I can continue to grow. So Greg is kind of tied into this. Now he's a player in Ricardo Pepe, who saved his job in the first window when Greg was back against the wall. He's got in seven starts, three goals, three assists. What you need to do is get him back on track. What you need to do is make sure he's performing for you. By so the way, why didn't he start him against El Salvador? Why didn't he start him against Canada? If I knew that, I wouldn't be working here. <laughs> That's a reality. Now, Jordan Pivak hasn't really gotten opportunities at the U.S. Men's National Team. Now, if I'm Jordan Pivak, that is my biggest gripe. Because as a forward, as a player, you can't say anything if you get the opportunity and you put the ball in the back of the net. It's just not your time. But if you don't get those opportunities, I mean, he's got 19 goals in 14 games, you said? Something like that? He's got 14 goals in the league. He's got 19 goals across all competitions to go That's along with stupid. three assists. In Europe, in Champions League. I don't care if it's Switzerland. He could be the second player, second U.S. Men's National Team player ever to win a goal-scoring title in a foreign country. This man should be in the pool. This man should be an option mm -hmm. off the bench because we saw he's only started two games. And I think one of them was a competitive game, and that was against... Uh, if memory serves me right, who was it? Nations League semifinal. Nation, no, no, was no, that no, off no, the bench? no. Canada World Cup qualifying. Yes. The 1-1. One, one. Excuse the first, me. Uh, yes. The first start of that one in Nashville. Um, he needs more ahead, chances. Finish your thought. I was, he just needs more opportunities. But, well, I can't, but I can't say he's the starting nine until I know that Greg Berhalter is going to give him opportunities. But, well, I mean, but that's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? No, like, it's not. No, it's not. So, because because but we, but, he's, he started one game, Seb. But Pepe hadn't started at all, and Greg Berhalter gave him a shot. But Pepe's and, and got three goals job, and three assists in seven starts. And, okay, and, a lot of those and Jordan Pifog is lighting up the Swiss League. I guess my like, let's look at what did Pepe do this weekend. He didn't start. Second no. straight game that he doesn't start no. for Augsburg. He comes on for the last half hour. He doesn't score again, right? So I'm if Greg what Berhalter, he's, ask me. What, but Greg Berhalter, when he was starting ask for Augsburg, me. I'm Greg didn't start Ricardo Pepe. Now Ricardo Pepe's not starting for Augsburg, and you're saying he's going to be in the driver's I'm seat Greg to be Berhalter, the number nine? Go ahead and ask me why. Why? Did you not see Jesus Fedeida? Where was he starting when he started the last World Cup qualifying match for the U.S. men's national team? Oh, he wasn't. They were in their offseason. He didn't care. Well, if Jordan Pifak gets in, he's still got to prove it with Greg Berhalter. I'm on the Pifak train. Mm. I think Jordan Pifak is a very necessary tool for the U.S. men's national team. He's a guy that if you're not going to start him, fine. But bring him off the bench. You don't have a player of that skill set. You don't have a poacher right now like him. Okay? Good in the air. He's strong. He's proven to score all types of goals. And he's also a dual national that you convinced to come into the U.S. men's national team pool. And isn't that what you need against Mexico? A guy who, given a chance, is more likely to take it? I mean, who's the guy who's most likely to finish right now in this pool, Herc? 
Uh, in this pool right now? Yeah, yeah it's PFAC. probably PFAC. It's PFAC. Come yeah. on. And in a game like Mexico, isn't that what you want? You're not going to get a ton of chances. You figure. You might. But you're not going to get a ton of chances down in Azteca. Yeah. You want a guy who's going to finish when he's got but the opportunity. But if you're asking me one over, one over the other, other excuse me, um, this is the type of game that if I'm Ricardo Pepe, I am salivating at the opportunity of playing in El Estadio Azteca versus the Mexican national team. Wouldn't my, have been the same in Cincinnati? My, I mean, wouldn't have been equally motivated there? What, what happened there? Did he score? What was the score? Did he okay. not? Did he was he not good for the U.S. Men's National? Did he not help them another Dosacero against Mexico? I, I'm are we going to judge here. him off how he plays off the ball? Or are we going to judge him off goals? Wait a second. I'm I'm confused here. Hold on, hold on. Okay, don't use the number when it benefits you. I am telling you, you're talking about opportunity. I'm telling you, if I am Ricardo Pepe, I am salivating about the opportunity of playing in the Estadio Azteca. That to me is, as a coach, a greater motivational tool. Then thinking, here's a guy I don't ever use, and I probably only use right. off the bench. Right. Right. So he's got to have a special motivating factor then to get the start. That's exactly what Hercules I said. Gomez. Yes. Exactly good, good the words well out of Hercules Gomez's mouth. You well heard it here on the special 100th edition Surely. of Football America. So speaking of strikers and goals and strikers who need goals, good news for L3. Raul Jimenez scoring for Wolves over the weekend. His fifth of the Premier League season as Wolves beat Spurs 2-0. Herc, pretty well taken. Very well taken goal. Uh, suspect defending. I don't care. Raul won't care. He needed that. Look at this. Yep. Uh, suspect right there. Again, I don't know what the keeper's doing. Can yeah, he not yeah, catch had the a, ball? He's had a nightmare. Yeah. Whoa. This is a disaster. But this is a sweet little finish. Uh, Raul Jimenez. Listen, he's not going to get a ton of opportunities with Wolves. That's just the reality. Wolves is... Probably, and no, they're not probably. It was a very good defensive team. They're the second yep. best defensive team in all the Premier League. But they're, gonna, they're about to make a run at top four. Hold I on, mean, hold on, but they, they got a realistic Seb, shot here. Seb, but they're a very bad offensive team. There are only two teams that have scored less goals than Wolves, mm -hmm. and both of those teams are in the relegation zone. One of them is Norwich, which our very good friend Josh Sargent plays at. The other is Burnley. Okay, they don't score goals. So, so Raul Jimenez isn't going to get a ton of opportunities there. And we know at the national team level, they are also struggling to score goals. So take them as they come. How big was this for Raul Jimenez then? Just overall confidence, Seb. I already mentioned the two, the two situations, the club and national team. It's his confidence. As a goal scorer, that is the most important thing. Mm. I, don't care if it's your, I don't care if you think it's a touch. I don't care if you think it's tactically. I don't care if you think it's, it, it's, it's emotionally. It's confidence. If you're confident on the field, the rest doesn't matter. As a nine, we've only seen 18 good months out of his career where he's really just been informed and he's really been confident. But that confidence got many thinking he was top five, number nine in the world. I mean, there was a stretch 18 months where a lot of people would have said, yeah, he's in that good of a moment. I don't, I don't know who needed it more, Raul Jimenez or, or fans of the Mexican national team, right? You see all these American players scoring, especially this weekend in Europe. It felt like some Mexican player had to do something positive. Raul Jimenez did it. Here's the thing, as, as excited as we want to get about this, it's still a drip and it's not a flow, right? This is his 20th start and his fifth goal in the Premier League. It's his 21st appearance in the Premier League. He's got five goals and two assists. That's a goal and an assist every three games. That's a goal every four games. Uh, most Premier League teams, that's not going to keep you in the starting lineup. His situation at Wolves might be different, right? It because is. Of all that he's, he's a leading done. goal scorer, five yes. goals, and they've only scored 17 all season. I, I know what you're saying. Yes, go ahead. 
I'm just saying, I, 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 I love that he scored, but for us to really celebrate it and talk about a breakthrough, it's got to be consistent goal scoring. It's the same thing we said in November when he would nick one. It's the same thing we said in October and September. We was finding one every couple weeks. It's still not there for Raul Jimenez, as great as this goal is. You know what the craziest part is? This is what we were saying before he went on that goal scoring run for about a year and a half or 18 months. We were saying the same exact thing. Let's run it back because uh, there was some other, let's say, not great moments for Mexican players in Europe. Now, I was watching the uh, Betis game against Levante, right? And I had, I had Diego Linus and Andres Guardado under my microscope. Linus gets in the game, gets to the end line, sets up Guardado. It's going to be a goal hecho in Mexico. No. Oh, Linus did it with his right foot. Guardado couldn't do it with his right foot. Come on. Of all people, they couldn't finish the assist. Andres. Uh, this is good stuff by uh, Diego Linus, by the way. Yep. Took the defender for a ride, and uh, if I say it's not an easy finish, would you hold it against me? Uh, Betis with Europa, Copa del Rey, La Liga right now. Linus better be getting some minutes. Johan Vasquez, he was subbed out in the 58th minute of Genoa's 1-1 uh, draw with Salernitana, and he was not happy about it, Hurt. Well, they're trying to get him off. They need to win. A draw against this team at home does them no good. They're last place, so get off. Because uh, Andrea's trying to get on. He's an attacking left back. He's actually a little better going forward. So stop thinking about yourself. I know you're frustrated because, well, you keep losing. In Mexico, you can't crack in the lineup. But come on. Upcoming World Cup qualifier between Mexico and Honduras on the 27th of March. Herc will be played without fans in Honduras, part of FIFA's punishment for fan behavior during the Honduras-El Salvador game on January 30th. There'll be a monetary fine as well. This World Cup qualifying campaign for Honduras cannot get worse. No, it can't. It's been disastrous. Uh, but you caught a break, Mexico. Absolutely. La Liga on ESPN Plus this weekend. Matt Miazga's Alaves. Facing off against the league leaders, Real Madrid. That one Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Deportes. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. I'm the numero uno, the big uno. Ready on your marks, don't you move too slow. Two back. And Andes, that's his moment. And Andes equalizes for the Galaxy. Political first touch, and they put it in the back of the net. Big tackle to hold it in there, and Chicharito! Chicharito on his left foot, and he buries it. Chicharito finally finds the equalizer. He just keeps coming and coming and coming. We knew her 
work when it was our 100th episode. We had to do something very special here on Football Americas. How about our next special guest? None other than Javier Chicharito Hernandez of the LA thank Galaxy. You. Javier, welcome back to Football Americas, and thank you, my man, for taking the time here on the special occasion of our 100th show. Great to have you. No, thank you, guys. Uh, congratulations about that. I'm very honored, and thank you for, for making me part of that. So it is your preseason. Let's start with the L.A. Galaxy, man. At the end of last year, you guys had, I think, the most heartbreaking end to a season possible, yeah. missing the playoffs on literally the last kick of the year. And let's be honest, a, a bad call at that. Mm -hmm. So what are your expectations now for the Galaxy in year three for you in Major League Soccer? Is it just to make the playoffs? Is it MLS Cup? What is it? And a little bit to make it a little bit more painful because I like to say it so everyone knows and we don't want that to happen again. We were the only team that we start in the playoff position until the last second, until Salt Lake mm. scored a goal to win out. So, yeah, it was a very painful lesson. And the goal is the same. It's the same. It's the sixth championship. But for that, of course, obviously, we need to go uh, game by, by game, training by training, even in preseason. So we need to go like step by step. You know what? What's the the the, the highest and the and the way to arrive in our ladder? But we need to we need to go very very balanced as well. But as well with a lot of lessons. Like I always said, in life you always have very pleasant lessons, or very uncomfortable and painful lessons. Everything is a lesson. You know, even if you win a championship, you can see New York AFC. They need to turn the page, go again, and try to win another championship. That, that's the beauty of life. They don't stop. You can have one, two, three days to celebrate, or one, two, three days to, to complain, to get your, 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 uh, your feelings out of, of sadness, of anger, or whatever. But then we move forward. We keep moving. We try to redeem ourselves. So yeah, the main goal is being champions. Uh, Javier, 2020 was a strange year for everybody, so let's throw that one out yeah. the window. But 2021, you exploded on the scene, 17 goals in 20 games, one of the premier strikers in Major League Soccer. Year three, it's also a World Cup year. The Galaxy fans, <clears throat> excuse me, Galaxy fans expect that trophy. What's at stake this year? Give everything. It's, 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 it's the same. The thing here is what it's in my control is what I can do and give in a way. So that is it's not even about goals sometimes because it's like it's like, yeah, of course, if I have a chance, I'm gonna try to put it back on the net, obviously. But the thing here is what I do every single moment when I wake up until I go to sleep every single day. That that's what is in my control. So for that. Do you all know all the all, all, all the people that I'm working with, a part of the uh, amazing stuff we have here, you know, in marketing-wise, uh, in fitness-wise, in mental-wise, in everything, you know? So the, the thing is, what it's in my control is what I can do, what I can give, my commitment, my attitude, my willingness on everything, even, even taking care of myself in the physical sense, in the mental health, in the tactical way of, of, of seeing soccer. So in every, in every aspect, what I'm trying to do is like, it's, I don't know how to say this in English, but I'm trying to cover all the places that I think it could make me a better human and a better uh, leader and a better uh, teammate and a better uh, soccer player so I can be in my best version. And then I think, I think, because that's a way of, my, of, of seeing life, you get closer to achieve whatever you want to achieve in a way closer that doesn't mean you will that's the beauty of sports that is not predictable that is not guaranteed that will be boring you know we wouldn't be doing this interview speaking about this we weren't speaking okay you already won you did this okay one perfect goodbye okay next you know what i mean it's like it will be boring that's the beauty of it that you compete that you need to push yourself that you, even though you're going to give everything 
the result is no guarantee. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. So your 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 gasoline, your motivation. Sorry that I extended so much. It, it should be something in the inside here. You know, my passion, and my goals, my self love, my mental health, or whatever I imagine over here is when it's gonna thrive me to get into that into that place that I want to arrive in a way. Javier, you know, on this show, we have a lot of viewers of the U.S. national soccer team, and they remember you being a huge part of the 2018 World Cup. They remember your last goal against them in late 2019. Herc and I were at that game. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, you know, they've seen the 17 goals that Herc mentioned last year in Major League Soccer, and they don't follow the Mexican press, the reports, the rumors, all that stuff. They just see you playing well, and they say, well, why isn't Chicharito with the Mexican national team? In your perspective, why aren't you still with the Mexican national team? Uh, it's not a question that I, that, I, that I should answer because, I mean, I'm just doing whatever any soccer player uh, needs to focus and to do to, to, to get a national team call-up, you know, not even a Mexican, it could be US, it could be Italian, it could be whatever. It's, you need to go into the field and try to be in the best in the best shape and in the best momentum and to be there in case you in case the manager in the, of your national team requires you so that, that's the only thing that it's in comes into my mind into my life you know I'm trying to give my best to be the best version of myself for my team and then if if, if the manager requires me okay but, I will be there. but just so we're understood so we all understand so everybody out there understands Javier Hernandez still wants to be a part of the Mexican national team and if so, does Javier Hernandez see a pathway to that with the LA Galaxy? Like, if you do well with the LA Galaxy, can you go back to the Mexican national I team? I said it two years ago. I said it last year, and I will say it now. If I don't want to be in the national team, I will retire. Mm. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Javier, I'm, I'm looking at this. the national team. You don't know soccer-wise. That's what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one last thing here. I'm looking at your schedule, and April 9th is the first El Trafico. Okay, yeah. so uh, we talked about goals, whether it's MLS Cup, playoffs. How important is it for you and for the Galaxy to be number one in just Los Angeles? Man, I understand that way of, of, of seeing that derby and the traffic and all that kind of stuff. That who wants to be the number one? But I think, honestly, and that's the way it is, if... It doesn't matter if, for example, in this situation, we get to semifinal of conference and they didn't qualify to playoffs. We are in the same. We weren't champions. So mm -hmm. as long as one of the both teams win a championship, then we can speak about that. Then in the moments and results and everything, of course, that's a good derby. That's a good mentality. But yeah, neither them, neither us were winning championships still yet as an LA Galaxy, meaning we don't want them to win champions because we want to be the champions, obviously. And that's the rivalry and that's the beauty of, the, of it, you know? They have a small disadvantage because they just start uh, a few years ago, we started as an organization 25, 26 years ago. So, you know, I, I understand that. But the thing is, a bit of it is every game that we're going to play against them. Of course, that's a special ingredient that, of course, we are neighbors, we want to, to do better. And in that moment, even though that you are doing better or not, you don't want to give them points, you know, so you want to beat them. That's, But that's as well, it's a mentality, sorry, of a winning team. You need to face each team with that desire, with that extra ingredient. I don't know from where you need to get it out, but you need to play a game, every single game, like if it was a derby, if it was the, your last match and if that game meant everything and more in a situation uh, from last season you know that i told you it was we were the only team yeah in, in playoffs position so until the last second man. so one goal one more save one 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 goal less against us uh, i don't know one sprint one yeah. whatever would have would have been a complete difference to be in a playoff Javi, so that, 
That's the pressure of being in Ali, LA. Ha, are you looking forward to seeing this guy on April 9th? <laughs> <laughs> ah. yeah, yeah, you see something there. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, brother? <laughs> Look at that. What a moment here on Football Americas. Uh, Carlos, I know you were listening into the end of that interview. Carlos Vela joining us. Uh, thanks so much for the time. Uh, real yeah. quick, you got a message for Javier talk, about that. He talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy? Yeah, come on. It's my you time, brother. It's, it's, it's my time. It's my time. Real quick, real quick, uh, Carlos, you got you got a message for Javier since we got the four of you here, the four of us here. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I see. I see. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's why I love him. We're so different. You see, I speak, <laughs> and he's like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> Vale, okay, no sé. Javier Chicharito Hernández, thanks so much for being with us here. Thank I will let guys. you go. I know you got a busy day ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, yeah. let's let's bring you in here. Uh, maybe you'll be a slightly more short-winded than. Um, so let's start with you, man. It's preseason. How are you feeling physically? You know, last couple of years we haven't seen as much of you on the field. How is Carlos Vela right now? I'm good. I'm happy. It, okay, you're good, you're happy, you're physically fit. We got that out of the way. Uh, no Bob Bradley, he goes to Toronto FC. How does that change things for the team and also for you? Because at one point, Bob Bradley, he likened you to Lionel Messi. Yeah, of course, it will be a, a big move because we start with Bob. He created a lot of the things we have already. But I think... We need a new new air fresh. We are trying to to improve after a bad year. We have a lot to show. We, we want to be in the top of the league. We want to win the champion. So we have to work hard. We have to change the way like we played the last year or the result we had the last year. So we have to work a lot. We have a lot of things to do, but Always with a good mentality. I'm really focused on be better, be healthy, help my team, be on the field, making good things for fans, for everybody. So I feel good. I'm really ready for that. Carlos, I know you haven't worked with him a ton, but I want to get your thoughts on your new manager, Steve Tarundolo. What's he like and what have your early conversations been like? Well, he's really a really cool guy. It's really easy to talk. He's always chilling with a good talk, with good mentality, trying to be positive. So I like I like the way he is. I think he's a little bit like me. So we had a good connection. So I think we can do a great things together. Yeah, I just want to follow up on, on Steve Chirondolo. You said he's like you. Uh, Steve Chirondolo was my teammate. He was one of the most outgoing and funny guys on the team. What's he like as a coach? I'm very interested in to know what, what's he like as a coach. Well, it's really early to say because we are just starting preseason. We don't have many trainings or games because you know how it's football. If you start the games, you play, you win. Steve will be uh, the best coach in the in the history. So <laughs> we have to give it time, but I think the approach is really good. The start is doing well, so I'm excited. Of course, 
he's really that cool. So I want to yeah. see him in a bad moment, how he, <laughs> how he changed that chip and make us work mm -hmm. in a different way. Uh huh. That's what I say about Hercules all the time. Wait till you see him behind the scenes, <laughs> exactly. and then you know, yeah, you know yeah, who, he, yeah. who he truly, truly is in this case. Uh, Carlos, a couple weeks ago, maybe maybe about a month ago now, LAFC announced your contract extension that's going to run through the summer. Uh, but we know the MLS season runs to the end of the year. So what happens in the summer for you? What would you like to see happen? I don't know. I don't know what can be. The only thing I can say, I will work really hard these months. I, I will enjoy every single minute I play for LAFC and do my best. I think it's the only thing I can do to give him back these years, all the things they, they make for me. And of course, all the love the fans have for me is the only way I can give him back. Doing well, scoring goals, winning games, have fun with them. You know, your first two seasons, you were such an amazing player. I mean, the second season, you had 34 goals, 15 assists. It was historic, Carlos. But now we're sitting here, and you're talking about this contract extension in summer, and we'll see how things work out. Uh, I'm just curious. I mean, you've dealt with so much pressure throughout your life. How is this different, knowing that you've got essentially six months to kind of work your way into a new contract? Look, you know how, how is this. You have to be good, play good for yourself. And when you play good, all the options are better than if you don't play or you play bad. So I work for myself. I work for my team to do well. Now the pressure with 32 years, close to 33, it's not a problem. I handle with this all my career. So in this part of my life, this is not a, a problem. So. I will enjoy every single minute and I will do my best for me and for my family and for my future and for everybody. So I don't have a problem with that. Carlos, I think one of the undoubtable highlights of your time with LAFC was the run through the CONCACAF Champions League a couple years ago. Uh, how far away do you think we are from seeing Major League Soccer finally overtake Liga Mekis in that competition specifically? I mean, it's hard because the rules the teams in MLS have. Mexican League, they have more options to bring better players. You have more players in the bench, they can change the game. In MLS, sometimes it's harder if you have two or three injuries. It's really difficult to beat Mexican teams. So in that part, we are a little bit in, in troubles, but the rest, I think the, the MLS is doing really well. It's growing like that fast. They can be a really good league in the future, and they're in a good way. I think they are working really hard and really well. So Mexican League have a lot of things they can they can learn from the MLS. Let's stay in Mexico for a second. It's a World Cup year. Is Carlos Vela telling me the door is closed and there's no chance he will play with the Mexican national team? Or does Carlos Vela leave that door open? No, it's closed. Why is that, Carlos? Sorry? Why is that? Why is that door closed for you? Because I think I had my chances. I played two World Cups. I don't make Mexico pass to the five, to the sixth game. 
So it's time to young people, new players can have the opportunity to show, to try to make that for Mexico. I think it's the only way to improve. When you leave the chance to other guys and try to make them get that pressure, get that level and make, make them happen. Carlos Vela of LAFC, man, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming on our 100th episode here of Football Americas, and we hope to see you again soon. Anytime. Take care. All right, Herc. Great times with Javier Chicharito Hernandez and Carlos Vela. What a moment. How about the, uh, the crossing of the paths there? Uh, excellent work by our production team to, to sort that all out. So there we see the statistics over the last couple seasons of MLS competition. Herc, a lot, a lot to kind of chop up and parse up from those interviews. What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, well, Javier Hernandez, obviously how positive he is. I think that's changed. We see him. He's a much more happier person, and it's feeding off into what he does on the field. But the contrast between the two. Javier mm. is, I still want to be on the national team. I'm still here. Look at me, Tata. And Carlos Vela is like, listen, my time is over with. The door is closed. Uh, I was there. Nothing great happened while I was there. It's time for the next generation to come through. It's almost a stark contrast between the two. Two players that are, in a way, kind of intertwined for, for the, what's been their whole career. So it's, it's ironic how that happens. One thing about his comments regarding the LFC coaching change, I thought the, the fresh air comments were interesting there, right? Anytime there's a coaching change and you hear from the star player, you always kind of want to read in between the lines when he's talking about either the old coach or the new coach. You're right. I, I think the standout here is, is the comments about the national team yeah. from both. They are both so strong about it, but clearly in such different places about it. And you're right. They're, you know, from an age perspective, I think Chicharito's only like eight months older than Carlos Vela, and yet you look at kind of where they are with where they see themselves in the national team, and it's just uh, totally, totally different. And remember, yeah. Herc, remember it was you who, for a long time, when Tata Martino was, was kind of saying, no, Vela's out, Vela's out, you said, well, wait, wait. I always I, said are it. You, the, are you ready now to say it's over now, right? Yeah, it's I mean, over now, I mean right? he told us it's over now. I mean, we have to take his word for it, but I was holding firm on that, the, the old podcast, uh, two, uh, uh, or sorry, Two the old three. Max and Herc show. Yeah, <laughs> I was very firm about that. It, it's funny because you talk about how linked they are and how mm -hmm. close they are in age. People forget that U-17 World Cup that mm. Mexico beat uh, Brazil in, in Peru, whereas Giovanni was Giovanni dos Santos and Carlos Vela's show. Chicharito Hernandez didn't go to that World Cup. He was yep. deemed not good enough to be part of that squad. And kind of how their paths keep crossing, intercrossing, and interchanging, I should say. And now they're both in the same city and. Wow, just different, different ends of the spectrum. It's pretty crazy. All right, let's uh, turn them against each other or pit them against each other one more time, shall we? With a quick edition of Book It. Who's going to score more goals in the upcoming MLS season, Herc? We'll keep it simple. Chicharito or Vela? I'll go Javier Hernandez, Chicharito. And listen, let's just say for a second that Carlos plays more than the six months because that's not a given. His right. contract's only to the summer. So I have that advantage if I go for Chicharito. I also have the advantage that I know what I'm going to get from Chicharito Hernandez and Greg Vanny. And what I mean by that is I know who the Galaxy are with Greg Vanny. I know where Chichar Chicharito excuse me, fits into that spectrum, if you will. I don't know what I'm going to get of Steve Chirundolo and this version of LAFC. Maybe on paper a more underwhelming version of LAFC than mm -hmm. years past, and that's a reality. So till I know what that looks like, I, I just got to go with smart money. I know that if he's fit and he has opportunities, 
Javier Hernandez is going to score goals, yeah. so I will pick Javier Hernandez. We know more about the Galaxy. We know more about the contract situation with Chicharito. We also know more about Chicharito's health, right? Let's not forget these guys are on the wrong side of 30. Um, and with Carlos Vela, we don't really know just how long he's going to last, even if he does end up signing a contract extension that keeps him through to the rest of the year. The one point to make here, Herc, is I watched another show on ESPN Deportes, Ahora Nunca, and I saw some guy doing an interview on that show with Carlos Vela. And in that interview, Carlos Vela said he still has two or three years left competing at the best level. Yeah. And if that's true, if Vela can get back to his best level, he'll score more than Chicharito. Because 17 and 21, which is what Chicharito did last year, is not 34 and 31. The best of Vela is still going to be the best in this league, right? If he hits, if he hits back at that top, top peak. 75% of Vela is going to be better than the 90% of Major League Soccer. And that's a reality. 34 goals, 15 assists. I've never seen a player... It was Jovinko asking that ridiculous Toronto team. But even then, Jovinko wasn't doing what Vela was doing as far as numbers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Cruz Azul, who once again find themselves in some turmoil. Uh, let's take you back to last week when President Alvaro Davila was let go. Days later, Jaime Ordiales returns as sporting director, a job he left uh, only last July after guiding Cruz Azul to their historic title, of course, the first title in 23 years. So that's the off-field news. Okay. What did it lead to uh, over the weekend? All right, Cruz Azul playing host to Necaxa this on Saturday at the Estadio Azteca. Uh, things started well for Cruz Azul. They actually scored first in the 34th minute, but an 84th minute goal from Milton Jimenez, and then another goal in the 95th from Rodrigo Aguirre saw Necaxa come back to win 2-1. A mini Cruz Azuliada, Herc, we'll call it. Oh. Uh, what do you think? Was last week a turning point for better or for worse? For Cruz Azul. Oh, it could never be better, right? I, I, like, rarely do these things happen and they get better. These are the type of it, things that happen and they get worse. Now, let me explain. Jaime to be fair, they're not doing that bad right now. No, and I, I've got them. I've got them actually before the season started as my super leader. I, I predicted mm -hmm. them to be the best regular season team. The thing this is, this is their first loss of. of of the campaign. Yes, so. but here's the thing. Jaime Ordiales comes back. What we failed to mention was the turmoil with Juan Reynoso, the head coach, who hours before this game was rumored to resign. So now you're going into a locker room where the, co where the players don't even know who the coach is going to be. The players already know, like, everything that's going on 34,000 feet above them in some office is in shambles. It's going back to the Cruz Azul. But that's Azul no different than it's always been at Cruz Azul. No, but it wasn't when they won. And this is the thing. 
So now you have and Ordiales no idea. was there when they won. So this is the fix, isn't it? No, we don't know because if Juan Reynoso wants to leave, it's clearly not the fix. So as a player, when you have that turmoil going on hours before the game, of course it's going to affect you. So we got to see how this plays out because if Juan Reynoso was literally that ready to leave hours before the game because Jaime Ordiales was the man, something is going on. Something deeper is rotten there. And that doesn't mean he's going to stay. So hopefully they continue getting better because I think they've got a bright future ahead of them. They made a bunch of moves for a bunch of young players. And they honestly weren't playing that bad against Necaxa when they were leading. But it's another Cruz Azuliada, and we know how those affect this team. Right now, uh, third in the table. They got CONCACAF Champions League coming up against the uh, Canadian Premier League champions, Forge FC. So it uh, should be interesting to see what happens to Cruz Azul in continental play a little bit later this week. Let's get to the good, bad, and ugly from the weekend that was in Liga MX. Let's start with the good. Uh, Chapo Montes, Luis Montes, with some good sportsmanship Sunday in Lones, 2-1 loss against Pumas. Washington Corozo about to be sent off. Chapo says, eh, yeah, well, it probably wasn't worth a red. No, no it's just, just a yellow. Uh, Herc, <laughs> would you have done this? Uh, in my time, there was no VAR, so I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Today, you know there's VAR, so it's going to come out in the wash, and all you're going to lose is lose time. And they were actually on top of Pumas at this point trying to get a goal. Chapito Montes is a good guy. Uh, Don't get wow. me wrong. He was my teammate. Very good player. He's a crack. But there's also, I think, a little bit of gamesmanship, if you will. Right. He knows how much time is going to be lost and not necessarily put back if this goes to VAR. Gamesmanship instead of sportsmanship, huh? Well, there you have it. Both. He's a good guy, uh, though. Chapito Montes. He was the uh, good guy of the weekend. Let's get to the bad, Herc. Uh, Chivas losing 3-1 at home against Tigres. And really, uh, this probably could have been, what, 5-6 or 7-1. Uh, Tigres were all over a Chivas team that for, for a couple weeks was starting to build some momentum. Yeah, there it uh, went. Brought back down to earth. Guido Pizarro. Now watch this, Salazar. Let's just watch and learn. Gignac! <laughs> this better be number one. This better be number one in the top ten. Where's the defending? That ball hung in the air for like an hour. God, it's, it's Chinyag, it's Chivas. And this is Chivas being and then Charlie. Go ahead. Um, this could have been really bad for Chivas. Their two wins were against Mazatlan and Juarez, and, and people were talking them up like it's the rebirth of El Super Chivas, El Campeonissimo. No, no. Go ahead, Alvaro, get yours. Was there also some uh, good Tigres here? It's a good team versus a, I would say, mid-table team. That's, That's it? That is. That's it? Yeah. I thought you were going to turn it into some kind of pro-Tigres rant here about how, how much they had been dominant in this game. I'll give Tigres this because usually they've had their moments against Chivas where it's not gone so well, especially in, in the Akron. Or, is it still Akron? No, it's not. It's, uh, is it Akron? I don't know what the stadium's called anymore. But... They won, and they won convincingly, and it should have been five. Wherever they play, uh, they won't have Jesus Molina for a while. Seven to nine months, an ACL tear in his right knee. And Herc, it happened in a friendly against Atlanta United. Actually, a, a game that Chivas Reserves won 3 nothing. Uh, but for the 33-year-old, this is bad news. Bad news for Chivas as well. Terrible news for Chivas. He's 33 years old. He was a, a very good player for Michel Leaño. You see him go down right there. It's ACL, seven to nine months. At that age, it's going to be very difficult. And this is the pilot team. This is Tapatio. This is not even the reserves. The reserves of the reserves is players who weren't playing and took it to Atlanta in preseason. But this is probably the worst of it for Chivas. I mean, that's a huge loss. Yep. With that, Jesus Molina there, the uh, Mexican international, former Mexican international, will miss the rest of the season. To the ugly, Herc. 
Your beloved Santos, who lost 3-2 to America at home on Sunday. They are now in last place. Oh. One point from five games. What's happening in Torreón? Pedro Caixinha. If you've seen his teams play, they are one thing, defensively sound. They got the worst defense in the league. 13 goals against, they lost the lead twice, they lost at home and to America. This should never happen in Torreón. They will hear about it. Pedro Caixinha, this is so unlike any of the teams he's ever coached. Mm. Uh, if you're worried about Santos, you might be even more worried coming up this week. They're the only Liga Amequis team that has to face an MLS team in the CONCACAF Champions League. So maybe a stiffer test there in the round of 16. They're gonna have to play Montreal. So obviously not in good form heading into a competition where they uh, have had success over the years. Herc, I noticed that uh, this production team with their anti-America ways did not make this a good America. Should I note that Club America came back from behind, not once, but twice in this game and did so with their manager, Santiago Solari, supposedly on the reddest of hot seats. Do you think uh, this victory saved Solari's job? Yeah, it definitely saved Solari's job. There's no two ways about that. This is America. It's the biggest club, arguably, in all of Liga Mekis, one of the biggest clubs in Latin America. If he did not, well, I believe it's the first win, if I'm not mistaken, since October 23rd of 2021. That's how bad it was for Club America. This is the very first uh, silver lining shot of saving grace for Solari, but he has to continue because you know what that hot seat's like for, uh, while you're at America. Yeah, he's not off the hot seat. It buys him some time, but the, uh, the seat is still warm for Santiago Solari and an America team that is still not where they want to be or need to be in the league table. Let's turn our attention, Herc, to the women's game. Ah, but before that, a quick note about some Liga Mekis you can watch on ESPN Plus and Deportes, a Friday night special from the border. It's Cholos against Necaxa. Don't miss it on ESPN Plus. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now to the women's game, shall we? The CONCACAF W Championship, Herc, which will be qualification for both the World Cup and the Olympics for the women, going to take place July 4th through the 18th in your former home, Monterrey. Uh, will it be a good host? Yeah, it just makes sense. If Liga Mekis Femenil is in an unbelievable moment right now. Six, six times has a team from Monterrey lifted the title in eight years. Uh, only once have they not made it a team from Monterrey to the final. It's going to be an incredible host, especially with those crowds. I mean, Rayadas and what is Tigres, it's going to be unbelievable. So keep it going. Eight-team tourney, U.S. and Canada are already in. The top four will go to the World Cup. Only the winner gets a direct ticket to the next Olympic Games. Mexico's Kenti Robles, she signed a contract extension with Real Madrid. The 30-year-old now tied to Madrid through the 2024 season. Her two years ago, she was voted La Liga's best Latin American player. Five league titles, four Copas de la Reina, that'll do it. Uh, we talk about Pulisic being a winner. This is a winner right here. Kenti Robles signs that extension. 
hopefully be a huge part of the uh, Mexican team as they look to uh, qualify for the next World Cup. Lindsey Horan out of the She Believes Cup with a knee injury. The reigning U.S. Soccer Player of the Year will still be in camp for evaluation, but will miss the tournament proper. She's been replaced on the roster by Jalen Howell of Racing Louisville. Horan, of course, just completing that 18-month loan move to Lyon in France. She Believes Cup starts on Thursday, first of three for the U.S. women against the Czech Republic. Match you can watch on ESPN and, of course, streaming live on the ESPN app. Coverage starts 11 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Do not miss it. All right, time for our parting shot here on episode 100 of Football Americas. Of course, uh, last week, we were both covering and commenting on the case with the Portland Timbers and their handling of abuse allegations against Andy Polo. Of course, I was very critical of not just the Timbers organization, but their owner, Merritt Paulson, who reached out to me, Herc, uh, via phone call. And in the spirit of transparency, which is something we've called for here on this show, I want to be transparent about what was said in that phone call. Merritt Paulson did take exception to my criticism of him and his team, uh, specifically pointing to what he felt were facts that I didn't have correct about the timeline of when the Timbers knew what they knew about Andy Polo. And to that, I say, fair enough. Okay. In a conversation live here on Football Americas. And so I'm going to tell everybody in the audience the same thing I told Merritt Paulson which is these conversations cannot happen off the record. They cannot happen in the dark. If we're going to have a back and forth, it needs to happen in the light of day. And, Herc, that doesn't just go for Merritt Paulson. It goes for anybody else in American soccer who wants to take issue with something we've said on this show. If we're going to demand transparency, we're also going to give it here because transparency is not a one-way street. So our platform is open to anybody, Always anybody is. in American soccer who takes issue or umbrage with anything we say here on the show. Herc, any final thoughts here on Football America's episode number 100? We made it 100? We I just made wanna, it. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> want to say this is for the fans. It's for the public. Mm -hmm. You wanted this show. You needed this show. You have this show. Enjoy it. Let's uh, also give a Valentine's Day shout to all the uh, all of the loves in our life. Uh, Herc, I know you want to say a shout-out to your family. I will also uh, send a shout-out to my wife, Keely, who, uh, in the history books, a very, very big part of the beginnings of Football That's America. Right. So That's a, right. a special shout-out shout to her. Shout-out to our others. And my on, little ones, mis bambinos. GJ. On Thursday's show, Derek Ray interview with Joe Scally. Okay, so we're going to hear from one of the young Americans over in the Bundesliga in episode 101. But the first 100 of Football Americas in the books. We'll see you next time here on ESPN+. Plus.